Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. wrestling kind of actually never stops. If we go through the last few days, Thursday we did Dynamite Ups and Downs, Friday we did Impact Ups and Downs, Saturday we did Ups and Downs to AEW Rampage and Smackdown, Sunday we did Ups and Downs to SummerSlam, yesterday we did Ups and Downs to NXT TakeOver, and today we're doing Ups and Downs for Raw. Some people go, I can't find a wrestling promotion that I like. I don't think you like wrestling. But you're allowed not to like wrestling. I mean, sometimes when you are watching wrestling and you're enjoying it, something happens. You're like, what the hell is going down? That's basically how I sum up Raw these days. And because we are at the start of a brand new week, we have to give it our MVP of the Week award for last week. And man, it's not even hard. Three words, CM Punk. But my name is Simon Miller. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling. And yes, we have the Fallout show from SummerSlam known as Monday Night Raw. Take a deep breath. Let's up those doubts. All right, I am going to say something controversial. I hate pizza. That's not true at all. I think that cheese on toast treat is one of the greatest things in the world. But I thought I'd give you a worse one before I give you the less bad one. And the true one, WWE runs too many video packages. This seems weird to say because they're so damn good at them and often they give you chills. But here's how Raw started this week. We had a long video recapping SummerSlam, which made all the sense in the world. Then MVP and Bobby Lashley came to the ring to do the opening Raw promo, as always. And then we ran another video focusing on everything that happened between Bobby Lashley and Goldberg, even though we'd seen that in the original video. It just makes any excitement you do have for the show die just a little bit, because you're all amped and ramped up after fireworks, music, whatever the hell NF rap's about. Then you go, oh my gosh, this is just taking forever. Would you please get on with it? Down. These two are living on a different planet as well, because MVP and Bob are all like, we didn't know Gage was going to be at SummerSlam. Even though I'm pretty sure on every single Raw leading up to SummerSlam, Goldberg had been, man, I love my son. I can't wait till he watches me at that pay-per-view. I mean, come on, guys, just listen. They also ran down Bill and said that Lashley was the first guy to ever stop him. And I take umbrage with that. No, you weren't Bobby Lashley. It was the referee. The referee is one that stopped this fight. So I put all credit onto him. I can't remember who did ref that match, but now whoever that was, we'll call him Mr. Referee. Well done to you. You stopped Goldberg. MVP did make a great point saying that Gage attacked Bobby Lashley from behind, and it's how anybody would react. 
And I'd be like, yes, I would do the same before Bob let us know that he's not apologizing for anything. I was like, nobody expected you to say sorry. Well, it'd been weirder if you had gone, I'm really sorry I beat Goldberg in a match and beat up his kid. I mean, sure, yeah, maybe the last bit. Of all people, too, they were interrupted by Damian Priest, who is the brand new US champion. And he felt very upset with everything that had gone down with Bill Goldberg. So he challenged Bobby Lashley to a match and Bob actually said yes. And even though I was a little bit worried because I, I don't like to mix the belts up too much because the United States Championship would also get lost in the shuffle, I was a bit like, woo lally, this is something different. I was all ready to give this an up too, even if it ended with MVP causing some kind of distraction allowing Lashley to win because at least that would have given Damian Priest something. But no, of course we didn't do that. Why would we? Because instead, within two minutes, Sheamus just ran down and attacked Damian Priest causing the disqualification. And if you're just going to do that, have the Irishman attack him beforehand and you don't have to tease me. This would be like getting an Xmas present and the whole week your parents would be like, oh, it's a PlayStation 5, it's a PlayStation 5. And you open it and it's a dream cast. You're like, mother hubbers, this is 20 years out of date. And yes, I said the word disqualification, so bring down the DQ board. It rolls up to 48. And when you take all of that and put it in a package, down. It also led to WWE's favorite ever booking technique, which is the fact that Sheamus and Bobby Lashley then started to beat up Damian Priest. They needed somebody to save them. Out came Drew McIntyre. And all I could ask was if this was the plan why didn't you just start with the tag match and set it all up during the opening promo yes that was me hitting myself on the head because i don't deserve nice things but look as ever i did like this because it was just four dudes who are really good at professional wrestling kicking each other's ass please got beaten up for a while after he had been distracted obviously because it is monday night raw and then drew mcintyre got the hot tag and he was running around the place had a good time up. I was then in tears because Drew then got distracted by Chambers. I was like, why are wrestlers getting distracted all the time? That allowed Bobby Lashley to hit one of those spinebuster type moves. But then Bob forgot that he was a villain or a boss in Arkham Asylum. He ran at Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre got out of the way. And Bobby Lashley ran into the post, which meant he was dead. It then became a bit like pinball because McIntyre ducked a bro kick, tagged in Damo, who got in and was just smashing everybody around. And at that point, Bobby Lashley was like, screw this. I'm leaving. Seamus couldn't believe that. It was like his girlfriend had just broken up with him, so he was in disarray, and he turned around. He got hit with the Claymore. One, two, three, that was it. This was entertaining stuff, though, although I have no idea what the direction for Bobby Lashley is going to be. I have all the fear in my tum-tum that at the Saudi Arabia show in October, we're going to redo Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. I suppose we have to wait and see. I'm also totally baffled by this relationship between Dewdrop and Eva Marie. Because the drop was here saying, oh, I'm done with Eva Marie. I only used her to get my foot into the door, but now I am inside. I don't have to worry about it. I was like a kid in school. I wanted to go, uh, excuse me, Mrs. Drop. If that is the case, why the hell did you hang around for weeks when she was slapping you? Why at that point didn't you go, ha Eva, I'm out of here. I don't know. Anyway, eventually Eve Marie did turn up and I think she threw some kind of box-like structure into Dewdrop's head. And then she went, oh, this is evolution. And I tell you, evolution is touching upon a lot of ground. Like it counts as beating somebody up. It probably counts as some kind of food. It probably counts as going to a bathroom. She just walked around going, oh, evolution. And then don't know what happened. And if somebody could get in touch with me, I would super duper appreciate it. Because there I was watching Monday Night Raw. Obviously, that's what I have to do in order to do these shows. When some man came out dressed like what I thought was a sex slave. 
And I was like, well, this is very interesting. Why is Sex Slade coming to the ring? As it turned out, it was Gary Cross. And I was just dying. I was dying. I was like, what are we doing to this man? He was such a badass in NXT, and now he's come to Raw. Sex slave. I'm sure maybe he's meant to be more of a medieval warrior, but it took me a while before I caught up to that. And once again, I don't know what the idea here is. Did we sit backstage and be like, man, something's missing with this Carrion Cross character? And somebody went, I know, why don't we dress him in leather? Bada bing, bada boom, you've got it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. But there's no way I should have been chuckling at this. Finger of power, I agree, down. He was taking on Ricochet as well, who didn't get an entrance. And of course, this meant he was going to get destroyed. Now, do I want to see Ricochet get destroyed on Raw? Of course I don't, but we can't be hypocrites. A few weeks ago when he debuted, we were like, oh my gosh, Karrion Cross lost to Jeff Hardy. Where at least here, he took on somebody we recognized and he absolutely tore him apart, made him tap out to the cross jacket. I mean, this was barely breaking a sweat. But if we do want to build him, this is the way that you have to build. This goes against my nature because I didn't think it was particularly great, but we have to give it up for all the reasons that I just said. And yes, look, I get it, it's quite the dumb up, but this is the position that WWE puts us in. Sheamus then found Bobby Lashley and he was really mad and that made sense. Bobby Lashley had left his birthday party early. Now they kind of fell out with each other here and this gets me excited because I will take Bobby Lashley versus Sheamus for the WWE title. It makes no sense given that Sheamus lost his US Championship at SummerSlam. But look, I gave up expecting sense in WWE a long time ago, so I'm all good with it. We then just went on an absolute roller coaster, and I will tell you I was pleased with how it ended but fuck me, was it hard to get there? Let's go. Because we had Moist TV, which is just WWE's way of sneaking Miz TV onto every single show that has to happen on every single year until the end of time, which meant it was John Morrison and his guest of all people was Logan Paul. He got owned by WWE scripting because I think he'd been told to go out there and be a good guy, but he got mercifully booed here. And surely someone should have gone, look, if it does go bad, you can start being a dick. But he didn't. He was like, I'm so happy to be here. I love the WWE fans. He sounded like a goof. It did get a little bit better when The Miz finally arrived and he was all like, John Morrison, I can't believe you didn't introduce me. So we were planting those seeds. But then this segment absolutely fell through the floor because The Miz started taking shots at both Logan Paul and Jake Paul. And as soon as he did do that, the fans were going crazy, which I do not believe was meant to happen because Miz was trying to paint himself as a bad guy and he was not a bad guy at all. Logan Paul tried to save this by going, I'm a big fan of the New Day, but not one single person in that building cared. And when there was some tension between John Morrison and The Miz because John Morrison thinks The Miz makes everything about him. Logan just went, okay, bye. I'm going to go. And he left. You tell me. I have no answers. Xavier Woods was then also here because he was going to have a match with The Miz. And this was just like things going around in your brain. And of course, it ended with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. But the twist is The Miz had it won with a surprise roll up. But John Morrison distracted the referee. So Xavier Woods then hit a surprise roll up. But this time the referee was back. One, two, three. So I guess the story here or the short version is John Morrison cost The Miz. Oh, no. Afterwards, it looked like they were going to be friends again because they got their stupid water guns and they were going to spray each other, which sounds absolutely terrible. But they didn't. The Miz attacked John Morrison. He gave him the skull-crushing finale. The fans now booed him out of the place. And finally, we have gotten to this point, even though we should have gotten to it around about 72 months ago, but I don't care. This is exactly what WWE should have done. So it's getting an up. But an exhausted up, this went on forever. Also, afterwards, the crowd did start chanting, Why Miz, why? Why Miz, why? 
So what do you mean, why Ms. Why? Because it is long overdue. Nikki Ash then asked Rhea Ripley to be her tag team partner and why Rhea wasn't going after Charlotte Flair, I have no idea, given that she didn't lost at SummerSlam. But look, as it turns out, these two are a really good team, so I'm not gonna crap on this. Reggie was then back in the park eating ice cream. I mean, what is going on? Are we meant to believe that him and Truth and Tozawa, who are also there, just hung out in the green for the past seven days? And there's nothing wrong with these segments. They're fine, they're kind of fun, but they are the definition of just being there. They don't really grow, they don't really evolve, there's no evolution. And I like all three guys. They do entertain me, but they come and they go, and I feel no different deep down in my bones. We then just had the best tease between RK Bro, who are the best thing about Raw right now, with Randy Orton being a bit standoffish with Riddle again, because he doesn't like surprises and he doesn't really like celebrations. And Riddle already told him he wants to do a surprise celebration. He had a great line though, when he looked right at Randy and went, Bro, do you think I would do anything stupid? And of course the answer is yes. I love these guys. We saw Mansoor and Ali having a chat next. The Mansoor was all like, oh man, I'm gonna go out there to fight Jinder Mahal, but Ali, I don't want your help. I have to do it by myself. So he walked to the ring and he lost. Although actually he didn't. I mean, he lost in my eyes because people always do when they die in this fashion. But he was having his match with Jinder when Jinder decided, well, I really want to win using physical violence because that's the point. So he started to kick him around a little bit. The referee decided, no, I don't think you should be doing this. I'm going to disqualify you. And I think at that very moment, a big piece of me died. Once again, it was just two minutes of action and it was nothing. Now I will say, I really enjoy this relationship between Mansoor and Ali, especially afterwards when Ali was all like, well, maybe we should do it my way. So that excites me. But again, bring it down, DQ board, 49. This is the real issue here, a random match didn't go more than 120 seconds and ends with the 49th disqualification of 2021. Down. And I will bet you my ass that Mustafa Ali's way is distraction, surprise roll up. Let's face it, you couldn't blame him. We then got it confirmed that Drew McIntyre and Damian Priest are friends. And I kind of turned into their mother here. I was like, oh look, they're having the banter and they're gonna go for a drink, which is what they did. That's all I got. Charlotte was then in the ring. Hello, Charlotte. And she told us she doesn't need friends, she doesn't need family, she doesn't need the WWE Universe. All she does need is her brand newly won Raw Women's Championship. And I thought that was a really, really weird thing to say. For some reason, she then lifted the belt above her head and a bunch of fireworks off and we got her theme music. And then when she lowered it back down, her theme music went away and she carried on talking. So what does he do? Go to the production guy beforehand and say, listen, pal, if you don't do this, I'm gonna punch you right in the face. Yeah, honestly, it was so odd. You could just smell that somebody was going to interrupt at this point. As I said earlier, I thought it was going to be Rhea Ripley, but of all the people, it was Alexa Bliss and her doll, Lily. She didn't even say anything either. She just went, we just wanted to come out and say hello, Charlotte Flair. And Charlotte Flair was like, dun, 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 because she couldn't believe it. So yes, I suppose our next feud is Alexa Bliss versus Charlotte. And I would be so much more excited for this if I didn't think voodoo magic was just around the corner. And hey, maybe WWE surprises me, but I doubt it. The real issue though is that this was basically nothing. It went on for around about 10 minutes or so. It didn't really tell us anything until Alexa Bliss did appear and it kind of left me feeling cold. And that's nothing to do with Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss. That is right down to the story. So I suppose as it did leave me feeling that way, 
Well, we gotta give it a down. We then had another Lias video, and once again, it does look like a four-year-old kid died, but you know, let's just not worry about that. And this still does intrigue me, because WWE has all the options in the world here. There's nothing to stop them. They can come up with any crazy character they want, and I just really hope that they do, because they've got me now. Sick and tired of being let down. It was then time for our tag match between Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley taking on Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. I actually quite liked it. We had seen Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler earlier on the night where they had decided to get back on the same page because when they are together, they're super dominant. But much like The Miz and John Morrison, I think this was just a tease and eventually they get a fallout. This is mostly because at one point, Nia basically ignored her friend when she was in peril. But when she finally got in the ring to help her, she went to break up a pin. She missed her splash. She hit Baszler instead. This allowed Rhea Ripley to hit the Riptide and get the one, two, three. So yeah, like I say, I think it's so long to Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. There was a real nice moment afterwards though between Nikki and Rhea and I do think they have something and this works for me. The women's tag team division desperately needs bodies, especially bodies that we can root and cheer for. So this was actually quite a nice surprise. So now I get scared and keep everything crossed. We actually do something with it. And then just a thousand ups. Well, no, just one up. But John Morrison was here and he said, no more Ms. TV. No more shenanigans, no more dirt sheets, no more music videos. I am just gonna whip the Miz's ass and then we'll see where we go from there. And where we should go from there is John Morrison being moved up the ladder. Once again, I fear he won't be, but I'm giving it an up just because it was so satisfying to hear. Silliness then reigns supreme. Now I'm all good with this. Because it was the RK Bro celebration and the fans just love these guys, and I totally understand why. And there was a bunch of fireworks, which Randy Orton quite liked. But then there was another surprise, which was his own scooter. And Riddle was just brilliant here. He's like, look, bro, you could open it, you can close it. Orton was looking at him like some kid he never wanted. I was having a great time. Of course, AJ Styles soon interrupted, because that was always going to happen. And he was actually quite excited, because now he has a brand new scooter to break. But the way this ended was with our main event, which was AJ Styles versus Riddle, I think for the 98th time in 2021. Down. Now I do have to say that WWE did a far better job this week of not doing too many rematches, but this was just quintessential 50-50 booking and it does get tiring after a while. But as I always say, if you put AJ Styles and Riddle within a ring, you're gonna get some kind of magic because they are so good, so I have no choice. I gotta give it up. It did almost have the exact same finish as last week, which would have sent me loopy, because once again, Riddle was in control here, but just the fact that Omos existed meant he froze in stone like Medusa had looked to him. However, this time Randy Orton was on the outside, so he went to try and help out, but it does not work and Omos started throwing him around. But this is where another distraction happened because Orton was then like, wait a minute, I got this brand new scooter. Why don't I hit Omos with it? That terrified AJ Styles because how the hell could a professional wrestler who's seven foot nine be hit by another weapon? Riddle hit the bro Derek. One, two, three, he won, which meant Raw ended with niceness and loveliness and satisfaction, especially when Randy Orton got back in the ring and gave Styles the RKO. Still counts as a distraction though, so bring it down, the board rolls up to 94, so the big one zero zero is coming. And I don't know what Raw would do without RK Bro at the moment, because they are easily the highlight of the damn thing. But the real disappointment is that this was the post-SummerSlam show, as we already talked about, and it really didn't feel like much of anything. And it wasn't super duper bad, and it wasn't super duper good, it was just right there, slap bang in the middle. Which makes it very tough for me when it comes to upping or downing the whole show. So I'm gonna take my mum and I'm gonna sit right on the fence and it gets a finger in the middle. That's right, I am going with that. But it was, it was just average and it was just there and it didn't really make me feel a whole lot of anything. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 